Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Twenty twenty has been one for the record books, and not in a good way. We've all experienced things that we never thought we'd experience. But in the midst of all of that, uh, one of the greatest uh, pleasures has been the Scent Life podcast uh, that I've been a part of, uh, that you listeners have been a part of throughout this year. Uh, and as we come to the end of this year, and as we look forward to next year, we have some exciting things planned. But but on this episode today, listen in uh, because you're going to hear from. Uh, Dr. Danny Aiken, the president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and one thing has not changed in the midst of all the change uh, that here at Southeastern we're committed to the Great Commission, and that's why we have the Scent Life Podcast. Thanks for joining us. So we want to welcome you this week to our Scent Life podcast. I'm Scott Hildreth, the director of the Center for Great Commission Studies, and I'm here with uh, Dr. Greg Mathias, our associate director. And today we have a great privilege of having our friend, our leader, our president, Dr. Danny Aiken, to uh, talk with us today about Southeastern and what it means to be passionate about the Great Commission and really about the Light of Moon Christmas offering. Dr. Aiken, thanks for being with us today on The Scent Life. No, thanks, guys. Honored to be a part of it and extremely grateful for the phenomenal job that you guys do in leading our Center for Great Commission Studies. Thanks. Thank appreciate you. that. Thank so, Dr. Aiken, real quick. So, Southeastern Seminary has carved a niche <laughs> yeah. to say that we want to be a seminary that is devoted to the Great Commission. Our motto is go. I tell students all the time when they graduate and they say, what should I do next? I say, well, I don't know what you're going to do next, but you can't do it here because our motto is go. So, you got to get right. going. <laughs> so, can you talk to us a minute about that vision, that mm-hmm. passion, that movement? What is it that drives your heart and really makes Southeastern the mission seminary that we've become? Well, several years ago, uh, our uh, leadership team got together and looked at our purpose statement, our mission statement, and it was very long and unwielding. Mm. And we actually spent a day hammering through it, thinking again about how can we concisely state who we are and what we want to be about. And by God's good grace, we kept coming back again and again to uh, the final words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew's gospel, go and make disciples of all the nations, what we call the, the Great Commission. And so we crafted out of that a very short, concise uh, mission statement that has at its very heart training students to go out and fulfill, serve the churches mm-hmm. and fulfill the Great Commission. And then out of that grew the idea, well, that then means every classroom a Great Commission classroom right. and every professor a Great Commission professor who hopefully will train Great Commission students who will go out and be a part of Great Commission churches and Great Commission ministries. And that just resonated so well, not just with uh, our administration, but our faculty, mm. and then our staff and our students. And then we even uh, honed it down even more to, we are a Great Commission seminary. And then under the direction and leadership and input uh, of Art Rayner, we mm. even honed it down further, go. go. <laughs> and of course, people say, go what? And go fulfill uh, the Great Commission. And so what happened in the midst of all that, I think, uh, Scott and Greg, is that Southeastern's already very healthy 
campus life mm-hmm. uh, got even better. Yeah. Uh, because again, I do think last words are meant to be lasting words. Mm-hmm. And of all the things the Lord Jesus could have talked about uh, before he ascended back into heaven, he told us to go. Yeah. And so we decided, well, if we're going to be uh, about the business of anything, it'll be about what the Lord said before he went mm-hmm. home to mm-hmm. be uh, with his father. And uh, I think, as I've said many times, it helps us do theological and ministry training better. Right. Because we do everything under the umbrella of the Great Commission. Right. So if you could, um, you've been a lot of places on the campus of a lot of schools with a lot of organizations. We don't want to talk bad about anybody. They're all our friends and partners. As you've watched this Great Commission vision birthed, Mm. how would you describe, for people outside who think, what's it like to be on Southeastern campus? (laughs) How would you describe, what is it like here that makes this a unique place that this Great Commission vision just really infects all that we do? What are some characteristics of the seminary, life campus, your meetings, our faculty that you think, well, this is a unique glimpse into, the, into Southeastern? Well, as some people have said uh, that have visited our campus, and then many of them come back as uh, students, uh, the Great Commission is just the air <laughs> that you guys breathe. It's just yeah. everywhere, and it permeates everything that you do. But to be precise, so when we are looking at the classes we teach mm-hmm. and curriculum revision, uh, adding new classes, we're always challenging the faculty to ask the question, all right, how can I teach this class in mm-hmm. such a way as to help fulfill the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, that means either one, I need to change the way I'm teaching the class, Mm -hmm. or two, even though it may be a good class, it's not an essential Mm -hmm. class to what we're trying to do here uh, at Southeastern. But again, I I like to remind people, some of the finest missionaries on this campus are world-class Greek scholars. Mm -hmm. Think of David Allen Black and Ben Merkel. Mm -hmm. They're world-class theologians. Think of John Hammett. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can keep going down the line. One of the things I love about the school is not only do we have you guys that uh, teach specifically in Mm -hmm. the area of missions and evangelism, Mm -hmm. but a lot of our uh, classical discipline scholars also are very committed to and very passionate for the Great Commission. Then if you go over into the chapel, on one side is a prayer room for uh, international missions. On the other side is a prayer room for Mm -hmm. North American missions. If you attend one of our chapel services, almost without exception, we're either gonna pray in that service Mm -hmm. for North American missions, Mm -hmm. or we're gonna pray in that service for the nations. Mm -hmm. And people have picked up on that. People that come here and preach in chapel have said to me, y'all do that in Every chapel service, and I said, yes, every Mm -hmm. chapel service. And then, of course, under the leadership of Dr. Lawless, we form uh, many times just spontaneous prayer groups that want to pray specifically and intentionally for the nations. Even this morning, uh, when I was teaching my class uh, in biblical exposition, every class that we begin, Mm. uh, we begin by praying for an unreached people group. Mm. I like to use... Uh, the Joshua Project. Mm-hmm. I get their newsletter mm-hmm. by email every morning. Uh, I, first thing in the morning, I mm-hmm. read it. I pray for that particular unreached mm-hmm. people group. Mm-hmm. Well, in my class, uh, every day throughout this semester, we have prayed for wow. the unreached people group of that day. And by God's good grace, we have students in that class that are already planning to go to the nations. 
but I have watched it transform mm-hmm. even the way some of the men who believe God's called them to be pastors right. here, mm-hmm. how it's transformed their thinking about, well, what does it mean then for me to go out mm. and be a faithful, great commission pastor right. yeah. for the church that God calls me to shepherd? Mm-hmm. And that, again, I think makes Southeastern unique. Mm. Not that the other schools don't think about sure. the Great Commission. I know that they, they do. But, mm. again, it's kind of the air uh, that we breathe around here. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Dr. Aiken, that, that's really helpful uh, for our listeners to hear, but also it's fantastic to be a part of it, uh, being here at Southeastern. And so as we enter into this time of year, uh, as we think about holidays, as we think about Christmas, particularly in Southern Baptist circles, this is a unique time of year where uh, we do think about the nations. We think about the Great Commission, and, and something comes along called the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. Uh, and so uh, this is our chance to... Uh, put our money where our mouth is, really, yes. uh, in terms of supporting missions. And so uh, tell our listeners just briefly, if, if they're not aware of what is the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and then who's Lottie Moon? Tell us a little bit about her. <laughs> well, that's a great question because almost every Southern Baptist knows her name, though they may not know a whole lot about her. But uh, she was uh, uh, born into an, a Virginian uh, aristocratic family mm, yeah. that had great wealth mm-hmm. uh, but after the uh, Civil War her family's wealth was about 140th of what wow. it had been prior to the Civil War and then her father died her mother had to take things over and eventually they had to sell off mm. uh, that property and she really wasn't wealthy for the rest of her life uh, she was brilliant mm. uh, John Broaddus said she was the most educated and cultured woman in all of the South, oh, and wow. Broadus was responsible, one of the founding professors at Southern, for mm. uh, her conversion, hmm. baptism, and even influence to uh, her call uh, to missions. Wow. And so, this little uh, <laughs> best uh, estimates are four foot three. Wow! Uh, never weighed over a hundred pounds, wow. and at the end of her life, uh, because of some uh, physical mm-hmm. uh, issues as well as great grief over a famine. Right. that was raging throughout China. Uh, it's uh, said that she probably weighed little more than 50 pounds wow. uh, when she died. The, but though she was small in stature, she made it up with a huge heart. And so she was called by the Lord to go to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I need to add very quickly, she at one time was engaged to be married mm. to a man named Crawford Toy. Mm. Crawford Toy was one of the first Ph.D. graduates of Southern Seminary. In fact, he was referred to as the crown jewel of Southern. Wow. He had planned to go to the mission field, he and Lottie together. Okay. But unfortunately, he went to Germany for a sabbatical. He completely embraced the historical critical mm. method, came back, and mm. all the evidence is that she broke off the engagement uh, because of the incompatibility of their theology. Is wow. that right? Wow. And uh, mm-hmm. Crawford Toy would eventually go mm-hmm. to Harvard, mm-hmm. be a distinguished professor of Old Testament Hebrew, die a Unitarian. Wow. Lottie Moon would go to China uh-huh. uh, and live alone and die alone as a single missionary. Mm-hmm. In fact, a nephew asked her on one occasion, was she ever in love? And she said, yes. But then she went on to say, but Christ had first claim on my life. And so when the decision was made, it had already been made for her. Wow. So she went to the mission field. The reason we know her so well is a couple of things. One, 
She was a prolific writer. Okay. And in yeah. fact, Keith Harper, yeah. yep. who right. teaches here, has compiled a wonderful book on the letters of yeah. Lottie Moon. I would commend that book to anyone because you can get a real uh, a taste of her heart uh, and her concern for mm-hmm. uh, the nations, but also her concern to motivate uh, Baptists back home to give to missions. And so she wrote uh, continually, one, she blistered men <laughs> for not being on the mission field yeah. and, and often said, I'm over here having to do the work wow. that a man ought mm. to be here doing. And then secondly, she challenged us uh, Baptists in the South, and then later we could call them Southern mm-hmm. Baptists, to give. And so she sent a letter back one time about Christmas season. Okay. People sometimes yeah, ask, yeah. why do you take the offering up at Christmas time. And let me quickly add, you can take the Lottie Moon right. Christmas offering up anytime yep. you want. It doesn't even have to be called the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Just call it the Lottie Moon Missions offering. Yeah, you can good. take it up year long, year round if you want. Mm-hmm. But she said, at a time when we are so uh, want to give gifts to one another, why wouldn't we make a generous gift Right. to the work of our Lord yeah. to reach the mm-hmm. nations with the gospel. The uh, gift started off very, very small. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little over $3,000, yeah. which okay. wasn't a bad number back in the late uh, 1800s, uh-huh. going into the early 1900s. But we now know that Southern Baptists have given literally 3 or $4 billion wow. to international missions wow. in her name. In fact, every penny yeah. that goes to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering goes to the International Mission Board wow. to fund missionaries around the world. And so, you know, it's funny, a lot of people don't really know her outside of Southern Baptist hmm. circles, yeah. but within Southern Baptist circles, if we have a an anointed saint, <laughs> uh, it is uh, Lottie Moon. And I think she would be both amazed and embarrassed if she knew what was done today in her honor. But I think she would be grateful that Southern Baptists have stepped up to the plate and given so generously to reach the nations with the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you take just a few minutes? So Southeastern Seminary is supported by the cooperative program, Mm -hmm. generous support of Southern Baptists who give week after week through their churches. And so we are supported by through the cooperative program through their giving but their international mission board also is supported through mm-hmm. the cooperative program 51 percent of every penny that goes into the cooperative program on our national level mm-hmm. also goes to the international mission board to put that in perspective southern baptists very generously provide 22 percent for six seminaries and right. then we yeah. divide yeah. that up among okay. the six but 51 percent goes to international missions. So you take the annual Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which I think our goal this year is around $175 million. That's certainly in the ballpark. And then you take 51% Mm. of the cooperative program, and you can see that we really do put our our money where our mouth is, though I think we all would agree we we could do so much more. We we could do so much more. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is unique about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering versus the cooperative program. You made mm-hmm. allusion earlier mm-hmm. to the fact that 100% of it goes to missions, but it is a unique offering as it relates even to the way missions are supported uh, in other organizations. Mm-hmm. Well, Southern Baptists really only have two uh, offerings that they take up, okay. one for international missions, mm-hmm. the Lottie Moon 
Christmas offering and one for North American missions, the Annie Armstrong mm. okay. missions offering, which, by the way, Annie Armstrong was very active in getting the Lottie Moon Christmas offering <laughs> okay. as a part of the annual wow. uh, giving of, um, of Southern awesome. Baptist. Mm. So you have something uniquely and specifically set aside for the purpose of getting the gospel to the nations. And in mm-hmm. particular, I'm grateful that our International Mission Board today is really emphasizing the unreached and unengaged people yeah, groups right. of the world. And so again, this gives Southern Baptists a chance to give very intentionally and very specifically to reaching the nations mm-hmm. with the gospel. And you know, I've discovered in recent years a wonderful missionary book that is tragically neglected. And so mm. I'm going to challenge anyone listening to this to think about, especially pastors, go look at Third John. Mm. Oh, wow. Because in Third mm. John, uh, at the end of uh, mm. John's praise of a man named Gaius, he talks about how he had given mm-hmm. to uh, help the work of traveling missionaries that had been sent out, most likely from the church at Ephesus mm. under the watch care of, of John. And he basically says that when you give for those, to those who go, mm-hmm. we are fellow workers. Yeah, wow. We share That's in good. their work. And so when I preach on missions, mm-hmm. I will often say, truthfully, Charlotte, my wife and I have been in every country in the world and among every reached people group Mm -hmm. in the world and many unreached people groups Mm -hmm. because we give every year not just to to the cooperative program through our local church but we give every year to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and so and I love to say it when we give we go that's good and we go with those that God sends and we recognize look the the vast majority of followers of Christ are not going to be called to international missions in terms of going mm, themselves. I right, think more right. should be going than are. Right. But God calls all of us to do two things, mm-hmm. pray and give. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so Lottie Moon gives us a chance to give mm. and to go with those who do go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, man, such such a challenge. And I loved hearing uh, just, again, some of the, the highlights of the story uh, of, of Lottie Moon. And just so our listeners can keep up, uh, you mentioned some great resources that you encourage. Uh, again, Third John, great missionary book of the Bible. Uh, also, Send the Light, uh, which Dr. Keith Harper edited, uh, where you begin to see uh, the letters from the pen of Lottie Moon. And then, of course, I think it oozes out of you, Dr. Aiken. You have a, a pattern every year that you start off the semester by uh, preaching a sermon and wedding it uh, to a missionary life. And, and so I know I've appreciate, appreciated that over the years, but our listeners could easily pick up your 10 who have changed the world. Uh, and I remember uh, my oldest daughter now, who's a freshman at NC State, one day sitting in your office uh, and you giving her a copy of that book. And, uh, and I remember her going home and beginning to read that, and that's really shaped her. So thank you for that. Well, and one of the things I'd point out, the Lottie Moon story is in that particular book. So if you want a a Reader's Digest version of it, you can read about her life, her conversion, Mm -hmm. uh, her training, and then her call to the mission field. And uh, even at the end of her life where she died on a ship Mm. uh, in uh, the Bay of uh, Kobe, Japan, On her way back, That's but right. didn't make it, they actually cremated her there, and then her ashes were brought back, and she was uh, buried here in America. They say that uh, when everything was put together, uh, all she had to her name when she mm-hmm. passed was a little over $300 in total net worth, wow. right. and that uh, she literally did 
give everything uh, to get the gospel to the uh, Chinese people. And they loved her dearly. Uh, and in fact, just a few years ago, I was in uh, China mm-hmm. doing some uh, teaching and instructing. And they took me to uh, one of the cities that Lottie Moon uh, served in for okay. a number of years. Okay. And I actually had Chinese believers come up to me wow. and they referred to themselves. Wow. We are Lottie Moon Christians. Wow. And I'm wow. like, what do you mean you're Lottie Moon Christians? Mm. And they said, my great, great mm. grandfather wow. uh, and grandmother came to faith through the witness of Lottie Moon and then my grandparents mm. and then my parents and now. And so we proudly refer to ourselves as Lottie wow. Moon wow. Christians. So wow. her influence Amazing. in that country is not still going on through financial giving, but through her actual life and ministry great, there. That's amazing. So. For our listeners that are uh, pastors and churches, I mean, this has has been an incredibly crazy year. Uh, But as we talk about praying and giving and the opportunity of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering or just the Lottie Moon Missions offering, how might you encourage our listeners, especially those that are ministering in difficult circumstances, to still be committed to praying and giving and even considering perhaps going when that opens up, when they have people in their congregation that have lost jobs or are facing unique challenges. How might you encourage our listeners in this moment? Well, in spite of what may be going on in the world, and for us right now, it is the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Great Commission never stops. The Great Commission keeps going Mm -hmm. no matter what is going on. And I've been amazed at and pleased uh, at the creativity that I've seen uh, with the body of Christ to continue to fulfill the Great Mm -hmm. Commission using Uh, the gift of technology, Mm -hmm. social media, which sometimes can be used for bad, but it's like many other tools, it can also be used for good. And so I've watched that uh, go on, and I'm so very, very thankful for that. The other thing I would say is going back to what Lottie Moon said. Mm. Lottie Moon said, why don't we make at Christmas time our largest Mm. Mm. and our best gift to our Lord Mm. who gave his best gift? And so one of the things that Charlotte and I have done every year is we don't give so much anymore Christmas gifts to one another, mm-hmm. uh, but we take that money and give it to Lottie Moon. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, we give a, a larger gift to Lottie Moon than we do to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And we, we love to give to our children, and especially our grandchildren, right. yeah. but our largest gift goes to uh, the Lottie Moon Christmas That's offering. Right. And I don't know why we wouldn't just naturally do that out of mm. gratitude That's for good. the one. You know, Paul says at the end of Second Corinthians 9, thanks be to God mm. for his indescribable, unbelievable gift. Yeah. Well, yeah. he gave his son. We can give and give generously and honor him as a way of saying thank you. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So let me just say to our listeners real quick mm-hmm. that in your church, mm-hmm. uh, there is probably for many of you an opportunity to give right now to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. All of our churches are meeting in an odd way. Some are inside, some are outside, some are limited. Uh, But we would encourage you to Mm -hmm. give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering through your local church. If for some reason at this point in time your church isn't taking a Lottie Moon Christmas offering, let me just encourage you at Southeastern Seminary, we are Mm -hmm. actually taking up uh, on behalf of our International Mission Board and, again, some churches that are having a difficult time meeting or taking up offering also for our students. Mm -hmm. And so if you would like to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, uh, you can give through Southeastern Seminary. You can go to our website, sebts.edu, and do a backslash chapel, 
And if you go to that tab, you'll find a place that you can actually give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And again, 100% of everything that you give goes to our International Mission Board. We're just a conduit through which you can give to this amazing offering. So if you have the opportunity to do that, we would encourage you uh, mm -hmm. to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering to support the uh, international ministry of our International Mission Board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, Dr. Aiken, as we wrap up our conversation in just a few moments, uh, kind of one more question, and, and this requires you kind of looking forward just a bit, but uh, God has done a lot of incredible things, and, and you would be the first to say, not because of you, but because of Him. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, but, but again, being at the Great Commission Seminary, as you think uh, about the, the, the years ahead, even after you step aside as president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, what would you what would you say to uh, future generations of how can Southeastern and even to our listeners involved in churches where we've had influence, uh, how can we keep our focus uh, on uh, serving the church and fulfilling the Great Commission? What are a couple ways we could do that? Well, Greg, I'm already praying that uh, Southeastern will be a Great Commission seminary till our Lord returns. Yeah, yeah. I'm already play, praying that whoever follows me uh, will be a president. Yeah that also has the Great Commission at the forefront. I'm already praying that God will keep this faculty, mm. a Great Commission faculty, until our Lord comes again. And what I would say to our listeners, in particular Southern Baptists, one, you can pray to that end as well. And secondly, you know, we, we serve you and we work mm. for you. Right. And so if you uh, keep telling us this is what you want us to be, uh, it's going to be pretty hard for us to move away from that mm. vision uh, and that mandate. And so you need to hold us accountable uh, in that regard. And that's a good mm -hmm. accountability yeah. uh, that we uh, cherish and that we indeed uh, should welcome. And then thirdly, uh, send your students here uh, who believe God's calling them mm, to go good. to the nations. Right. I know this, we have a large number of missionaries and missionary kids, MKs yeah, as we call right. them, on this campus. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes us a better campus because they help us right. keep that uh, Great Commission passion and heartbeat. And I'm very grateful that God has raised up in recent years some very generous donors mm. that have helped us reach out and mm. serve well our International Mission Board. You know, in the last uh, five years, and I, I don't want to brag, but I'll praise Jesus for this, we've actually given away more than $3 million in real dollars wow. to missionaries and MKs. Uh, we will scholarship right. a, uh, a dependent mm. of a uh, full-time uh, employee at the International Mission Board from a freshman in college all the way through a master's degree. Mm. And we could not do that without, one, that being a commitment on behalf of this entire seminary yeah. and college family, but two, people that want to help and believe mm. in what we're doing. And so keep praying that God yeah, will raise up generous people that will allow us to serve well, because those on the mission field aren't making money. Right. And so for they, <laughs> right. for them to send their kids to college, yeah, they get some help mm -hmm. through the IMB, but they need more than that. And so I'm delighted that we can come alongside and, and provide that uh, uh, ministry of service and love to them. No, that's fantastic, and uh, thank you so much for that. Dr. Aiken, would you mind uh, just closing out our conversation, uh, praying for our listeners, but I think even more specifically, let's pray for our missionaries that are serving around the world. Would you pray Absolutely. for Absolutely. I'd be honored. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that is ours to come into your presence anytime through our mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, may we never forget that he came into this world and died on the cross mm -hmm. shedding his blood, that the gospel might indeed reach every tribe, tongue, 
people, and nation. And Lord, we thank you that we have that wonderful missionary promise in Revelation chapter 7 that around the throne for all of eternity, there will be people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation worshiping the Lamb, even our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you will bless our listeners and give them, Lord, a great commission heart and a great commission passion, that they will indeed structure their lives in such a way that it is built around how can I leverage the gifts uh, that you've given me, the resources that you've given me to further the gospel among all peoples. And, Lord, I pray that Southeastern Seminary will remain faithful to the Great Commission uh, and that, Lord, we will indeed seek every avenue possible to train and then to send out men and women who will go on your behalf to the nations. So, Lord, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Great Commission work. May it be so until you come again. And we ask and pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Dr. Aiken, for being here with us in our massive studio (laughs) in the Center for Great Commission Studies. And let me just say to our listeners that uh, uh, serving on the faculty and staff with Dr. Aiken is one of the great joys of our life. I tell people all the time we have the greatest opportunity in the world because God's called (laughs) us to be involved in in his activity around the world, and we do it at a place where it is the focus and the priority. Uh, a lot of people who need to push missions at some place are pushing a rock up a hill. But here, we're sometimes chasing the rock as it rolls down. <laughs> That's right. That's a great thing to be chasing, too. That's, right. That's exactly Amen. right. That's right. So, hey, for the listeners, we want to thank you for being with us all season on the Scent Life podcast. Next week is Christmas, and we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, we know that this uh, holiday season may be a little bit different mm-hmm. with uh, COVID and the restrictions of getting together, but we trust that the Lord would give you just a real insight into uh, the incarnation of That's the right. Lord Jesus who came into the world to seek and to save those who are lost. Make this season an opportunity where you can find someone who needs to know about Jesus. Take the opportunity to tell them about him. Um, there are people who are struggling and suffering and the lights and the presents don't meet that need, but Jesus will. And so we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, this will be the last podcast for this season, and we'll so we'll pick you up after the new year. Make sure you subscribe to The Scent Life so that when we start back up in January, you'll pick up our first several podcasts and get back in line with what we're doing. If you happen to have missed something this season, go back and listen to those. And if there's anything that uh, we can talk about in the next year, don't hesitate to let us know. Greg? This is the first one we've done, so it it's is. been great. been a fun ride. It has been a fun ride, and you know what? I think we should try it again after January, so <laughs> okay. uh, we'll see if they like it. But again, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Know that uh, we are praying for all of our listeners, uh, and we do hope this has been a helpful uh, podcast for you.